Aloha class. So here is a lesson for today, April 29th, using position versus time graphs to describe motion. Now you will need to um, look at your reading assignment on Google Classroom in order to see the graphs and follow along with the reading. So go ahead and get that done and um, you can pause this right now and go get ready and then come back. So we're going to be describing motion with graphs, which can be simple yet powerful tools in your physical or in your physics arsenal. In this lesson, we begin by looking at the basic position versus time graph. Motion can be quite variable. Think about the last trip you took in your car. I'm sure you got in the car while it was stopped. It changed position as you drove down the street, stopped again at a red light and continued changing position when the light turned green. If we wanted to study the change in position using kinematics and algebra, you would need to make a long list of all the changes in position and how long it took you to make those changes. What you would end up with is a long list of numbers. Let me suggest a more streamlined approach. Let's just make it a graph. I'm sure you know that driving in your car encompasses all the basic components of kinematics, position, displacement, velocity, time, and acceleration. To get more comfortable working with kinematics graphically, let's focus on only position and time for now. We are also going to assume that the object is moving in a straight line and can only go forwards and backwards. The best way to start is to set up our graph. So right now, I want you to look at the first picture of a graph on your reading assignment. Start with a basic grid. You draw in the X and Y axes. Remember, the X is a horizontal direction, and the Y is the up and down or vertical direction. Time on the horizontal axis only needs positive values. Our graph of the motion starts when we get in the car. This is when we start our timer, and since we can't go backwards in time, we won't need negative seconds. Position on the vertical axis does need negative values, which we'll get to in a minute. Always fill in the numbers on the axes and add the arrows on the ends. I'm sorry, but the arrow is cut off on the first picture, but on Y, you'll see it's pointing up and down. So your graph will look like that. Picture. Now I'm going to plot some points that represent a car in motion, and we'll see if we can figure out what exactly that car did. The first point we see below is at zero meters and zero seconds. This is the time and position where the car started. If you follow the line, the car moved 15 meters in two seconds. Between two and six seconds, the line is flat, meaning the car must be stopped. Time is still increasing, but the car is stuck at the 15-meter mark, possibly stopped at a red light. From 6 seconds to 9 seconds, the car moves again, this time traveling 10 meters. Okay, so that means in the first 9 seconds, the car has moved 25 meters in the same direction. So you will see this graph, what I just um, told you about, in the second picture on your reading assignment, where you'll see a graph where lines go up, and then they go straight across, and then they go up again, and then they go down. At the nine-second meter, at the nine, 
second mark, the line turns and begins moving down. This represents a change in direction. The car has now turned around and is heading back where it came from. During the four seconds between 9 and 13 seconds on the graph, the car travels 25 meters back to where it started. Between 13 and 14 seconds, the car is motionless again. Finally, the car drives 10 meters beyond the start point, which is 0 second 0 meters, in 2 seconds. You can see how the graph is able to relate all this information in one compact figure. There is no need to do math, adding, and subtracting meters and seconds to determine how far the object traveled and how fast it got there. The simple graph tells you everything you need to know about the motion of the object. Therefore, now you can see why it's important to know how to graph because it can save you a big headache and a lot of math calculations. You'll no doubt see problems that involve this type of graph. The next picture will show an example of questions you could see. By understanding how to read the graph, you should be able to easily answer anything thrown at you. Look at the graph that you will see next. This is the last graph on your reading assignment. Um, it has some green on it. So this is a graph of position versus time. Describe what is happening at the 7 seconds point. The line approaching 7 seconds is moving up. This means the object is moving forward and getting further from its initial position. At 7 seconds, the line reverses direction and is moving down. This means the object has turned around and is moving backward toward its initial position. At 7 seconds, there is a change in the direction of the object. Now describe what is happening between 9 and 13 seconds. During this time period, the object is not moving. Its position is 10 meters from its initial position throughout the four-second period. It is not moving forwards or backwards. So to summarize, position versus time graphs can be a great way to pack all the information describing the motion of an object into one figure. If we set up our graph with position on the y-axis and time on the x-axis, a line on the graph that is rising represents motion away from the object's initial position. A line that is moving horizontal represents that the object has stopped moving. And a line that is moving downward represents that the object is moving backwards towards the initial position. And that is all for today. Um, don't forget you have a quiz on Google Forms, which you may take um, before next Monday, May the 4th. Ahoy ho!